Do you want to lead initiatives to advance patient care? Do you want flexibility to work in various practice settings? Do you want to do it all? As you continue your journey towards a specialty choice, let the American Academy of Family Physicians, AAFP, help you with valuable resources. Visit aafp.org meded to learn more. Choose more. Choose family medicine. Don't think you'll be affected by addiction? If you spend any time on the wards, you've almost certainly heard disparaging comments about patients suffering from substance abuse disorders. You may have even made some of those comments yourself. Next week, there's a chance for you to learn about better ways to frame this disease, from which physicians themselves are far from immune. Welcome to the AMSA AdLib Podcast, where we'll hear from med students and experts alike. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. The AWARE Week, or A Week of Addiction and Recovery Education, is a collaboration between AMSA's medical education team and public and community health team, with the goal of shedding light on addiction and recovery. In November 2016, the Surgeon General released a report on addiction in the United States and declared the opioid epidemic in the United States a public health crisis. The training medical students receive on addiction varies widely by institution, and the AWARE Week aims to offer some direction for medical students to find more information appropriate to their level of knowledge of addiction. Daniel Gauger is a medical student at East Tennessee State University's Quillen College of Medicine, just finishing up his final year. He's also AMSA's Incoming Education and Advocacy Fellow, and is currently the chair of the Medical Education Action Committee. He spoke to us about the importance of education for all physicians around addiction medicine, as well as standing up to bias against those who suffer from addiction. That importance had been evident to him firsthand. Our region in the United States of Upper East Tennessee and Appalachia is really the uh, almost the ground zero of the problem. Um, you know, the state of Tennessee has the, by some statistics from our public health department, um, is the number two worst state, so to speak, in terms of um, opioid abuse and opioid overdose deaths. And so having that in my own patient population is something that was really important to me, and I know that the problem is just spreading across the United States. Daniel wrote about the stigma against patients suffering from addiction in an article in the March-April 2016 issue of the New Physician magazine. A couple of years ago, sometime early in, or rather in late 2015, um, in my own classes and with my own patient experiences, when I was, you know, encountering this issue of opioid abuse and so many patients that had a history of substance abuse and and IV drug abuse. Uh, I have my own personal inquisitive questions about, you know, maybe I should be learning more about this in school. And, you know, I've learned some things in my psychiatry courses and some things in my neurosciences courses, but then I, I still felt like that I had a gap. Um, and so I started reaching out in, into the network of our faculty to learn more and hear more stories and, you know, gain a little bit more insight into what exactly is addiction, how does it work, what is, what is addiction medicine. And I felt that the issue was just so much more complicated than, you know, a person who is some sort of moral failing or makes bad choices and uses drugs over and over again and then, you know, becomes pharmacologically dependent and then we detox them and then they get better. 
that that wasn't a good enough answer to me. In the process of seeking answers, Daniel wound up meeting one of his mentors, Dr. Steve Lloyd, an internal medicine physician with an incredible story. So Dr. Lloyd's story is that he went to medical school and internal medicine residency at our institution, and his chief year of internal medicine residency, he began to use prescription opioids. He had had one in his glove box that was left over from a dental visit, and he took it. You know, Dr. Lloyd um, had struggled with alcohol abuse um, a good portion of his life since he was a teenager and had struggled with, you know, chronic refractory depression and, and many other things. And at the point at which I interviewed him for the story for the new physician that I wrote last year, he was actually the associate chief of staff of the VA hospital and that we rotate through. And um, he was telling me all these, all of this. And so at that point, he had been 11 years drug-free. At the low point of his substance abuse, Daniel says Dr. Lloyd was actually taking the equivalent of 100 Vicodin a day and was completely dependent on opioids and was teaching students and residents and still seeing patients. And he was very fortunate that um, he was able to go and do a rehabilitation program and work with our university administration to keep his job and go through a very long process to try to enter a, a long-term recovery, which he's still in now. Drug-free for well over a decade, Dr. Lloyd now serves as the medical director for the Substance Abuse Division for the state of Tennessee, where he works toward addressing the large-scale legislative and policy issues about opioid abuse. So he has an incredible story, and he illustrates some important points about substance abuse and that it's a pervasive problem that could affect any population, including healthcare providers. And he also opens up a whole different box inside of addiction medicine, talking about the concept of harm reduction, harm reduction, meaning that you meet patients where they are in their current illness experience and you, you try to minimize the risks that can potentially happen so that they can reintegrate into a social infrastructure. Um, you know, addiction and substance abuse is the chronic relapsing illness uh, that has maladaptive coping skills and social isolation and oftentimes psychological trauma and a, a, a myriad of things that are implicated. Harm reduction strategies include things like medication-assisted treatment or syringe exchanges or prescription take-back programs. All of these can provide a support system through a physician that gives a patient the chance to readjust without the risk of being on the street or risking arrest or engaging in other high-risk behaviors, Daniel explains. The tendency even among some health providers, however, is to distance themselves from these patients. And so I think the you know, physicians in training in the entire healthcare um, industry really needs to think about retooling its perspective about how do we look at patients who suffer from addictive disease because that attitude of derision is ingrained all the way in our, our rhetoric, for example. You know, it's really common to hear healthcare providers refer to people who abuse substances as junkies. And I think that that's really telling language because calling someone a junkie implies that they're junk. And what do you do with junk? You throw it away in a yard sale or you sell it for a way discounted price. 
And so I think it's a challenging question that we need to introspect about as healthcare providers and ask ourselves, are we saying that our patients are junk or worthless or deserving of lesser just because of one disease process over another? And I don't think that that's very compassionate. Um, and I also don't think that it meets the standard of care that all patients are deserving of. Personally, Daniel is entering anesthesia as a specialty and plans on a fellowship in critical care. But he says every specialty is affected by addiction and every provider has a role to play. I would say, you know, there may be some students or some healthcare providers that ask, you know, why should I engage in this issue or why should I learn more? You know, I'm, I'm not going to see these patients or these patients are, quote unquote, messy patients with messier problems. And, you know, I'm just not going to deal with them in my practice. And I think that that's maybe a little bit of a naive thinking. And also, I think that we all should appreciate as healthcare providers that um, because this is a newer issue, we may not have all of the knowledge and education and background that we could have. And maybe what we do know is limited and somewhat one-sided. Um, and so I think it's important, you know, just from a professional development perspective that uh, we all challenge ourselves to try to pursue new learning objectives and, and stay relevant and up to date um, with the prominent community health issues that we face. You know, the reality is, is when the Surgeon General is declaring this the public health crisis of our generation, at that point, you, you have an issue that's pervasive across all medical specialties and everywhere in the healthcare sector. And it affects, you know, our communities and our patients' families. And I think it's important to just remember that, you know, for, for patients who abuse substances, the substance isn't their problem. It's their solution to a much bigger problem that they likely don't know how to fix. And so I think that, you know, the overarching point about why this week is important is because we as healthcare providers need to learn as much as we can about addressing a patient population that is in significant need of our health right now. The Aware Week of Action kicks off next week with a presentation by Dr. Stephen Lloyd on Monday evening. For more information on the week's events, visit amsa.org aware. AMSA AdLib is brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. This episode was produced by Pete Thompson and myself. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Kelly Tippert is AMSA's national president. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening. Mark your calendar to attend the American Academy of Family Physicians National Conference of Family Medicine Residents and Medical Students July 27th through the 29th in Kansas City, Missouri. Choose from more than 35 educational sessions and visit over 450 residency programs and exhibitors and much more. Join the National Conference Equation at aafp.org slash nc.